You may be seated. Our scripture today is in 1 Samuel chapter 30, 21 through 25. When they reached the Bezer Brook and met the 200 men who had been too tired to go with them, David greeted them joyfully. But some troublemakers among David's men said, They didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plunder. Give them their wives, give them their wives and children, and let them be gone. But David said, No, my brothers, don't be selfish. With what the Lord has given us, he has kept us safe and helped us defeat the enemy. Do you think anyone will listen to you when you talk like this? We share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. From then on, David made this a law for all of Israel, and it is still followed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, so when I was in college, I had a brush with fame. Um, I was an extra in a Brendan Fraser film. You have never heard of it. <laughs> but they were filming in San Antonio, and they needed extras, and somehow I, got, I didn't audition or anything. I think my mom just heard about it and said, um, the, the qualifications were you needed to be young and hip, who knows, and have hippie clothing, okay? And my mom had a closet full of hippie clothing. So we went down um, and you did hair and makeup and you dressed in your hippie clothing and then you were part of a party scene. So this is um, what it looked like when it was done. Oh my gosh, yes. So I was in this party scene and what I had to do, dressed like a hippie, blah, 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 is I had to pretend to talk animatedly with um, other party goers in the scene while Brendan Fraser and the actress who was playing his love interest walked through our midst having an intense conversation. So I did my very best screen acting, right? This was my moment to shine. And so um, I, I did it. We were excited. When the movie came out, um, we, we had told all of our friends. They were excited. The theater darkens. We're like, this is it. This is it. And the house that they were going to have this party scene comes into the screen, fills the screen. And we're whispering, it's now. It's us. It's us. Just wait. Well, y'all, party scene came and it went. And my sparkling, amazing performance didn't make the cut. The line that they had said while they were walking in front of me wasn't even in the film. Um, and so I was crestfallen, heartbroken, that I had ended up on the cutting room floor. Now, have any of y'all um, ever watched a director's commentary on a DVD? Maybe. Maybe you're not as bored as I am sometimes. <laughs> but I've watched those. I think they're interesting. And the directors will often say, there was this amazing scene or metaphor or whatever that I loved, but the studio made me cut it. And I was like, as soon as I see those things, I never watched the DVD for this one. Um, I know, though, that that director was like, there was this amazing extra. <laughs> Sorry, I had to cut her out of it. Um, but what I've had to do is I've gone through the Old Testament, and I didn't tell y'all that it would take six months, <laughs> but it did. Um, I, I never I wanted to be that pastor that like, was like, well, people, we're at the beginning of a six-month sermon series. Everyone's like, oh, no, help us. But we did it, and we told the story of the Old Testament, and there were these amazing, beautiful, wonderful scenes that had to go onto the cutting room floor. 
things that I fought with myself about, do I tell them this or do I not? And then I realized if I have to tell this story, I can't tell these amazing stories down here. I have to get you all the big pieces. And then you know how they fit. You know how the Old Testament came together. And then by golly, in the summer, we're going to have a director's cut. And I'm going back to these sparkling gems that got left out, okay? Because I'm sure that they will be just as stellar to you as my performance in Still Breathing that got cut. Yeah, you never heard of it. Okay. It was, it was a gem. It would have it been gold if my performance had been in there. That would have <laughs> taken it to the top. So the first place I want to take you, and I promise it'll be better than this, <laughs> is Beezer Brook. Now, before Pastor Greg read that, has anybody ever heard of Beezer Brook before? Sweet. Nobody at 930 had either, although one snarky person said, I heard it in the scripture. <laughs> He's like, if, if you'd been listening, you would have heard it in scripture. I was like, gold star, way to go. You heard it. Um, but he didn't say that during the service. So we're going to go to Beezer Brook, and I'm going to teach you why I think it's so amazing, why it broke my heart to cut it initially, and why I think that this should be part of our story. As much as the, as the Jordan River, as much as the Dead Sea, Beezer Brook has something to teach us. So we're going to get there via David, King David, in his wilderness years, when he's living with this band of kind of outcasts on the edges of Judah before he becomes king. They're living in a home-based town called Ziklag. There's another thing you've never heard of before. They're in Ziklag. With their wives and their kids are there. There's 600 of these guys, and they all go out and fight battles. The guys do. The kids stay at home. So the guys and David are out fighting at a battle, and they're coming back. It was a 60-mile journey. Armies in that day could cover about 15 a day, 15 miles marching a day. David and his men covered 20. So they took a four-day journey of intense marching, and they made it into three. So how are they feeling as they're getting back to Ziklag? Ready for the warm bath, ready for, you know, the home-cooked meal, to hug their kids. They're exhausted. But as they come up to Ziklag, instead of hearing their kids playing and the sounds of the village and maybe smelling the cooking fires getting going, there is an eerie silence. And they smell something, but it's not food. As men of battle, they get a sinking feeling in their stomach because they know that smell. And so they, these exhausted men hurry to Ziklag and find just what they feared. It has been destroyed. Their home is in ruins, and it wasn't a natural disaster. This has been the work of bandits, raiders, who have come in, plundered their homes, burned them to the ground, and taken every single wife and child that lived in Ziklag hostage. Now, David hears from God as the men are on their knees weeping that if he pursues them, he can catch them. He can overtake them, even though they have a day's lead and they're fresh. So he reforms his men, they reshoulder their packs, and they go another 15 miles further into the wilderness, chasing these bandits, trying to get back their kids, their wives. And they stop at Beezer Brook. This is a picture of it. This barren land, streams cut through, they stop here to try to be refreshed so they can keep on going. But at this point, 
after 75 miles of marching, there are 200 men who cannot take another step. Now, we know that they were utterly exhausted because it's their wives and their kids that they're trying to get. And if you physically could take one more step and try to get your kids back, you'd do it. But they can't. So they fall, they collapse, they cannot go any further. There are 400 who can continue, but they're bone-tired. And David says to the bone-tired men, the 400 left, take off your packs, leave the supplies here, we're traveling light. And he tells the men who are exhausted, you guard the supplies, we're coming back. And so the men, the 400 men take out into the wilderness trying to find their families, trying to find these marauders, and they can't. The trail has gone cold until they see off in the distance this body, and they hurry over to it, and it's a slave from Egypt, an Egyptian slave, almost dead, but not quite. And so they lift up his head, and they give him water, and they give him food, and he revives. And he tells them that he was left for dead when he got ill by his master, who's one of these bandits. David says, could you lead us to them? He says, yes, I will. So this Egyptian slave leads them to the bandits' camp, to their hideout. And David and his men, even though they're exhausted and outnumbered and outgunned, attack. And they're victorious. It's a long battle, but they win. And so they, they get their swords and they cut their families free and they hug their kids and they say, never again will you have to go through that. And then they look around. After they've hugged their kids, they look around and they're like, whoa. They're, these bandits have been raiding the whole countryside while it was at war. Where all the people were off fighting, they have just been sweeping up the plunder. And for a soldier in that day, when you fought a battle and you won, the way you got paid is you got the swag. And so these guys who have just been in the grip of despair are suddenly like, yes, this is a good thing after all. We get to take all this back. We're rich, you know. This is amazing. So the procession that goes back to Beezer Brook is a much different group of men than the group that left. I mean, the families are back, their kids are holding on to their belts, you know, they're just excited, and they've got herds and food and supplies and all this stuff. And David gets back to the people at Beezer Brook, and he says, we won. We did it. And they're all celebrating and happy, and then some troublemakers standing beside, behind David go, oh, no. It's not we won, you sat and guarded supplies, we fought, we won, this stuff is not yours, it's ours. The people who fought are the ones who get the spoils. You can take your wife and your kids and go home, but you get nothing else. Now, if that was the end of the story at Beezer Brook, I would not tell it to you. <laughs> because what that says is that the strong are the ones who God gives the victory and who God gives the blessing to. David sees it differently. 
And so he stops these troublemakers who says it's us and this is ours, and he says no. First of all, Ziklag had been burned to the ground because none of them were willing to guard the rear. Because all of the 600 had gone off to battle looking for the fat paycheck and the spoils and the glory, and nobody had been willing to stay behind and protect their families. So the fact that there are men who, even though exhausted, are staying with the supplies means they have a home to come back to. The second thing that David says is, what is all this about us winning? God won this battle. We were exhausted. We were lost in the wilderness. We, we had no hope because we were outnumbered. And then God said, go. And God led us to this Egyptian. And God helped us defeat a far greater enemy. God won through us. This victory is grace. And grace is supposed to be shared. And so David says between the men who stayed with the supplies and the men who fought, he says every man of the 600 gets the same share of the winnings. Those who fought and those who stayed stay with the supplies, everybody shares equally. That's Beezer Brook. Beezer Brook is the place where all of us are reminded that no matter what it is we're doing, it contributes to the victory that it can't happen without both these groups. Jesus says this, right? He says this. He says that the people who come to work at the 11th hour, the last hour of the workday, they come to work at 5 o'clock, by God are paid the same as the people who have been working since 6 a.m. Jesus says to his disciples, when they go out to preach and to teach and to heal, that the people who welcome them into their homes get the same reward from God that the disciples get. Because each one is living out their calling. Because each one is doing what they can. And so when the victory comes, they all share it. Because it's from God. And still today, we share the victory. Um, we think about, I wanted so bad to be on the screen, right? I wanted to be up front and be seen. Um, and yet, my piece contributed to a party scene even behind the scenes. Um, in the secular world, I lost. But never in the church. In the church, my part matters. Um, I told you last week about that local dentist in our congregation, who's a member of our church, right, who took an offering that we took up and doubled it because he's cut his rates in half to help the poor get dental care. And all of us are inspired by that kind of example. It's like, do he's here today and shaking his head because he doesn't want to be talked about like that. But that's Charles Anderson is doing that, right? Now look, the reason that he's shaking his head is because he would tell you that it takes all of us. That he would tell you that there were the guys who set up on Palm Sunday, the chairs. That mattered. If there aren't chairs to sit in, there's no people there. there people all standing around, they don't want to be as generous with the offering, right? 
There's ushers who greeted people and made them feel welcome. There's people who made mailers that went out into the community. There's people who mixed sound that day. There's the band who played. There's the people who drove the shuttle cars back and forth from J5. There's the people who counted up the money. There's our finance team who said, you know what? We're a church that shares. We're going to double that. And all of us together, I promise you, you ask Dr. Anderson why he's shaking his head when I call him out because he wants us to remember it takes all of us. And when all of us work together and we get something like an offering into the hands of a man like Dr. Anderson, we all share the victory, right? It doesn't matter where you contributed. It matters that you added to it. It matters that you did your part, whether that's behind the scenes or on the front line. Fight, protect, use your gifts that God has given you. That's what it's about. So if you can continue to the front line, go. I mean, if you can pray in church, please tell me, okay? Because most of the people, when I say, who would like to pray in church? Everyone goes, I'm guarding the supplies, Pastor Laura. I'm guarding the supplies. Okay. I mean, some of y'all are like, I have been so amazed because when we said we need children over the summer so that we can give our, or we need teachers in the summer so we can give our teachers a break. We were talking in staff meeting. Martha said, I have my teachers. Feels like a miracle to us because some of y'all are willing to step forward and say, I'll do that. And then there's others of y'all that say, I could never teach a kid. Never, never, never. It's so scary. Some of you will find that you're wrong and you're going to go to the front lines. But others of you are going to put together the Sunday school resources like Polly was. Like Polly was. Behind the scenes helping Martha out each week. The contribution behind the scenes in the office is just as important to God as the people up front leading the charge. So Beezerbrook is good news for everyone who ever thought that you have to be publicly in the spotlight to make a difference for God. You don't. There is a place for every single one of us, and our calling is to fulfill that role, to give our gifts the best we can in whatever place on the field we find ourselves. In the front, or protecting the rear, or in between. Just do your part. There's a famous proverb that says, for want of a nail, a shoe was lost. For want of a shoe, a horse was lost. For want of a horse, a knight was lost. For want of a knight, a battle was lost. For want of a battle, a kingdom was lost. And so a kingdom was lost all for want of a nail. Don't be the missing piece. Just do your part. Do what you do best and give it to God. And he together, all of us together, God will bring the victory. And all of us, Share it and say, we were part of that. Amen. Let's pray.
God, please help each person here today know how important they are to you. How important what they bring and give and the way they serve is to what you're doing in this world. Meet us beside Beezer Brook. Wherever we are on the fields, help us to hear you calling us to give our best. And Lord, when the victories come as they do, help us to all celebrate together and know we were a part of that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.